Oh, you're good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the BT Podcast. This is episode three, uh, and I'm excited about today's conversation. Uh, it's going to be a great one. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, family health. Uh, if you've been tuning into the other episodes, uh, you know that we've been talking about this idea of 2021, where we always set goals and resolutions for a new year. Uh, and what we're doing is, is trying to have conversations to grow in different aspects of our life, whether it's our spiritual health, uh, our, our mental health, our digital health. Uh, and today, we're talking about family health, and it's going to be a great conversation with an amazing friend of mine. Uh, after you listen to this podcast, which I'm hoping that you do, uh, my prayer is that uh, it's a blessing to you that helps you grow in your faith, that it challenges you in ways that maybe you've never been challenged before. Uh, and if it does bless you, do us a favor, uh, share it with your friends, maybe tweet about it, uh, text it to somebody. If you're watching on YouTube, share the link uh, or on Spotify, post us on your Instagram, whatever you want to do to promote us. Uh, that would be fantastic because we believe that this conversation is going to be great uh, for everybody to grow in their faith. Uh, in their family health. And so today we have an amazing guest with us. Uh, It's a buddy of mine named Adam Griffin, uh, who is a pastor out in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm going to let him share uh, his story. But uh, I met Adam a couple of years ago. I think I was thinking about this earlier. I think it was about four or five years ago now uh, out at Camp Zephyr. He was one of our speakers for the week of our student camp. Uh, And it was just a phenomenal time uh, to hear him communicate the gospel in the way that he did. Uh, Just been following his story, been uh, connecting his friends uh, since then. Uh, And most recently, Uh, He wrote a book called Family Discipleship alongside Matt Chandler, uh, talking about the importance of of that family discipleship aspect, and we're going to get into those conversations today. Uh, It is going to be good. Uh, So uh, with further ado, let me introduce you to our guest speaker today, Adam Griffin. Adam, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, what's up, Danny? I'm so honored to be with you guys this morning. Thanks for having me, bud. Man, you, uh, you're welcome, bro. Thank you for taking your time. Uh, before we get into the topic of uh, family discipleship, I also know that you are a longtime Green Bay Packers fan, man. How are you mm. feeling about the weekend, NFC Championship weekend, bro? What are, what are your emotions like right now? Man, I'll tell you what, nothing is making me more nervous right now. Not the <laughs> pandemic, not politics. All I'm thinking about is NFC Championship. Tom Brady. Ooh. Tom Brady is our nemesis. I love the man, but he's a, my nemesis this weekend. <laughs> and so uh, I, I'm still pretty hopeful. We're playing at Lambeau. We got this. Man, I think we got this. It's going to be uh, definitely an exciting time. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Uh, I'm a big Pats fan. Uh, people call me a bandwagon, but I don't listen to those voices. Uh, I just listen to the voice <laughs> of the Lord. Amen. So Amen. Uh, excited <laughs> about this weekend. It's going to be great. I'm not a Bucks fan. But I do hope that Tom Brady does well. I'm excited for 12 versus 12. I've always wanted to see this matchup in the playoffs, honestly. So uh, Come on, you know, it's going to be I'm an NFC championship, it. man. It's going to be great. Uh, so, yeah, man, we're talking about uh, family health, uh, family discipleship, uh, which is man, such an important topic, uh, especially thinking about the dynamic of this past year where families were just stuck into like one central house or even an apartment together. Uh, so I'm excited to get into this conversation. But uh, before we talk about practically what that looks like, I would love to just kind of hear your story. Uh, what's the dynamic of your family like? Uh, maybe did you grow up in church? Did you grow up in that family discipleship aspect? Uh, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, bro. Yeah, thanks for asking, Danny. I, uh, my dad is a pastor, just recently retired. And so I grew up in the church. I mean, I grew up every weekend in the church, unless I was sick, I was mm, there. Yeah. Uh, but every family is different. So the way I lead my family is different than the way my dad led our family. And part mm. of that is just every kid is different. Every parent is different. Everybody's got different gifts. I'm, 
I'm married to Chelsea. My dad is married to my mom and I had my siblings. My kids have their siblings. It's different, but both, uh, I would say I was definitely raised in a Christian home and my home is definitely a Christian home, yeah. but I had the variety uh, to lean back on to go, this is how it worked when I was a kid. And this is how it's going to work for my kids because my kids are, are different than I was. And so, yeah, I grew up in the church to answer your question in short. I love uh, the Lord and I, I don't remember a day where I didn't know him and my parents played a huge role in that, wow. as did camps like Zephyr for me growing up. Things like that were huge for my spiritual life. Went to private Christian school. So a lot of my friends uh, in those schools were Christians and their families had a huge impact on my life. But uh, this is my generation's chance, you know, my my chance to try to say, what is it going to look like in Adam Griffin's family tree? Yeah. And it's going to be different than what I grew up in. That's in good. some ways, probably to my detriment, but hopefully to my kids' advantage, you know? Man, I love that. And and uh, there's a word that you said there that uh, caught my attention, the word generations. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, you, you're coming from a, a line of, of someone who was a pastor, so you grew up in the church and you, you were taught the ways of the Lord. Uh, and so uh, I love listening to this conversation from you because for me, it was so different. Uh, I didn't grow mm -hmm. up in church. Uh, my parents, for whatever reason, didn't want to go to church. Uh, and so uh, they, they did tell me that they went to church before I was born and then I was born and then they stopped going to church. And I was like, why'd y'all stop? Uh, and so it's just <laughs> funny to see that. But now it's so cool to see that uh, now that I'm involved in church, I'm a pastor, my, my family has now come back into church uh, and seeing yeah. them every Sunday. It's just such a, a joyful experience. Uh, but, but yeah, like it really does affect generations uh, whenever you raise, uh, you know, your family in the ways of the Lord is just so good. Uh, and so yeah. I, know, I know for you, you know, you're a pastor. Uh, and w when I first met you, you were on staff at the Village Church. Uh, but now you're a, a church planter in Dallas uh, with Eastside. And so uh, what I'd love to hear is just kind of what was that calling for you like uh, whenever you started to have those conversations uh, with your wife and maybe your family? Like you said, hey, you know, we're going to be going on to this new journey. Uh, what was that dynamic uh, like for you guys? Yeah, man, that's a that's a long story. I'll try to tell it as short as I can. I never wanted to be a church planter. I never wanted to be a lead pastor. Mm. My desire was just kind of be, uh, you know, honest church staff. I loved working at the village. I loved, uh, I still love those guys. You know, the, the yeah. people I got to work with were incredible. The ministry we're doing was great. Um, but there came a time where the village was kind of making some decisions about a lot of changes. And we have been praying through what those changes might mean for the Griffin family. And there came mm. a very clear day where it was like, man, we need to determine it, we got like three or four choices ahead of us. What are we going to do? And I realized that the reason that I never wanted to lead a church or be a church planter was really rooted in a, in a sinful fear and mm -hmm. a sinful lack of ambition saying, I don't want to risk things. And really uh, long story short, the risk to me was if this goes really well, will my ego be able to handle it mm -hmm. and remain humble and give wow. it to the Lord? And if this goes really poorly, Will my ego be able to handle it? Will I be crushed? Will I feel like I let everybody down? Will I feel like a failure? Yeah. So recognizing that uh, that any church worth planting is not to be built on a person, wow. that I could plant the church if it's not going to be Adam's church. It's going to be the Lord's church. And if this vision is going, whether I go with it or not, then I can lead that church and say, man, I'll, I'll point people to Christ, but it cannot be on my shoulders. Mm. That'd be so terribly unhealthy. And so we present, presented that idea 
and man, a ton of people went with us, which was such a grace. Oh, that's good. Yeah. In our side of town, man, we're, this church is just going and blowing, and I love what the Lord is doing in East Side. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I mean, I follow you guys on social media, so I love seeing the ways that you guys have even, you know, worked through the pandemic, and it seems like, you know, yeah. God is still doing amazing things there. And so continue to pray for you guys, man, out of East Side, and uh, Thanks, love to kind of see what you're doing there. Uh, and so, yeah, let's talk about your family. Uh, tell us the dynamics uh, of your immediate family. Wife, kids. Well, I have, yeah, my wife, Chelsea, and I have been married for 10 years. Nice. She's a labor and delivery nurse. She works nights, mm. so she's sleeping right now. Uh, but she is an amazing woman of God. She is so gifted at communicating with our children the truths of the gospel. She's just the best. Hmm. And then we have three sons, Oscar, Gus, and Theodore, nine, seven, and five. Nice. And these boys, uh, you mentioned before about being kind of in closed spaces during COVID. Yeah. One, of the, one of the blessings for us has been our three boys really developed their friendship with wow. one another That's during good. these close quarters. I feel like they are so much better now at just saying, hey, what do you want to do? Let's go have fun. And they don't really even leave our house. They just go room to room playing games with each other, imagining mm. things together, competing with one another. And in that aspect, it's been really, really good for our family. Man, that's so good. I love that. Uh, and, and so I'll, I'll get to this here in a second, but we, uh, you know, you wrote a book, right, uh, alongside Matt Chandler called Family Discipleship. Yeah. Uh, great resource. Uh, if you are a parent watching, go read it. Uh, if you are a future parent watching, go read it, right? Uh, and so uh, I joked with Adam a while ago that it is the greatest parent book I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Uh, as of right now, because it is the only parent book I've ever read. I myself am not a parent yet, uh, and so, but one day I prepare uh, and pray that I will be, and so it was a great resource for me. Uh, and so, just thinking about uh, that that kind of process, um, what was the motivation in putting that resource together for people? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I think in the Christian church, you'll be familiar with this. A lot of times, when people get engaged they'll get premarital counseling. It's yeah. Often that's through their church or through a counselor or through a program, or they might go to the bookstore and pick out a resource or go online and pick out a resource. And, uh, and, and that's really great. I love that tradition. But it seems like when you become a parent or when as a parent you become a believer or when you look at your family and realize there's something lacking uh, in spiritual leadership, there wasn't really a resource to say, well, here, you know, pick this up as a couple. Think about how you're going to parent your mm. family spiritually. Think about how you're going to lead as a man or a woman of God. And so we saw that kind of absence, but we also saw in our church, uh, it really started with conversations uh, close to a decade ago now about how do we communicate to parents? What is the expectation of a Christian parent? Yeah. And what should they expect from their church? And so we had come up with this framework of the church, and then we thought, man, pairing that into a resource for parents to sit down either as like groups of men reading the book together, groups of women reading the book together, or couples reading it as a couple or man, single parents with their community, just making sure we understand what are the expectations and how do I make a plan that's flexible yeah. enough to fit any family. So yeah. that was the intention. Uh, and you know, a lot of books today, Danny, when somebody releases a book, then if you like the book, then they release a study guide and mm -hmm. then there's like a, a teaching plan and get a buy the DVD series. <laughs> Man, we, we wanted to just say, here's everything that we want you to think about in a book. And so you've read it. It, it kind of reads more like, Man, here the study guide parts in there. By the yeah. time you're done with the book, 
you can have the plan. Right. And there's questions in there to say, these are the things we want you thinking about. It's not just philosophical. It's very practical. Very so that practical, was cool. man. Yeah, that's one thing I loved about it. Like even putting little like uh, exercises at, at, at the end of every chapter. And uh, one of the cool things too, is thinking about that, the dynamics of you and, and, and Matt Chandler, like you have younger boys and he has teenagers. Right. And so you get to see uh, kind of both and, and how you guys go after uh, discipling your, your kids. And so uh, one of my exactly. favorite quotes, uh, usually what I try to do every time I read a book, I try to think like, like I try to pick the quote that stands out to me the most. Uh, and I usually share that on social media. And so the, the quote that I shared was this, family discipleship is indoctrination, teaching the worldview of God as laid out in his word without yielding to the contrary opinions of this world or apologizing for the potential offens- offensiveness of that truth. Um, that, that quote like, just stood out to me the most uh, because we are trying to teach, right? Uh, and, and yet we live in a culture where it's like, man, you do you, you go your own way as long as you're happy, uh, you know, we're, we're supporting you, all that good stuff. Uh, and so the, the question I have for you is as a parent and as a pastor of parents, because, you know, right now your, your boys are still pretty young, but you're pastoring people who have teenagers maybe and stuff like that in your church. Uh, what challenges are you seeing that our culture is presenting when it comes to parenting and raising up kids according to God's word? Uh, thinking about the, the just the dynamics and flow of our culture and what encouragement would you bring to parents uh, in that way as well? Yeah, I think of. Two really big things that come to mind right away. One is the exclusivity of Christ. Believing that Jesus is the only way is not a popular idea in modern day America. Mm -hmm. And so teaching our kids why we believe that, that we believe that, that that is an uncompromising truth for us. That we're not just releasing our kids in the world to say, hey, go find what's true. We're teaching them we believe there is a narrow way to heaven. It is just through Christ, not popular. And then the other one is big identity stuff. Our our culture's made identity about sexuality in many ways that are are twisted from what the Lord would teach in the Bible. And it's made identity about personal liberties, the ability to do whatever you want is what mm-hmm. they would mean by that. Whereas the Christians would believe, no, 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 we we limit what might be permissible because it's not beneficial. And even if our desires of our heart want something, it does not mean it's good for us. In fact, the Lord warns us against many mm. desires that you might experience. And so how do we make uh, identity decisions or identity uh, teaching for our kids? An important part of what we're doing is, is we have to teach our kids that they're, they, they have to be ready to swim upstream mm. in a culture that's going to tell them totally the opposite. So yeah. for our family with my younger kids, you know, we'll have conversations like a couple months ago, we were reading the story of Zacchaeus and we talked about how the whole crowd didn't think it was a good idea for Jesus to go to Zacchaeus house. Mm. We'll talk about, man, it, is the crowd right? <laughs> and I'll ask my kids, I'll say, um, do Griffins follow the crowd? Wow. And they know the answer. The answer is Griffins follow the crowd if the crowd is following Jesus. And that's, that's it. That's good. And so we talked through that for Matt, who has teenagers. I mean, his kids are coming home from the schools they go to with much different ideas mm-hmm. about uh, human sexuality than what he's teaching in his home. And so you have to grapple with, okay, how, how can I help my kids understand what the Lord has said? This is not just dad's idea. This is what the Lord has said, mm-hmm. understanding that the things that we believe are going to offend the sensibilities of our modern culture. And those are just two examples, identity and exclusivity, but there's a lot of examples where Christianity butts right up against modern America. Man, that's so funny uh, that you say that. Um, You know, it's, uh, 
with church planting in New York, I got to be a part of um, this training on apologetics and how we kind of engage with, you know, atheists or, or secular people or apathetic people about the gospel. Uh, and and it's funny that you talk about that with, with kids because I feel like, uh, and this is something like I'm just kind of now realizing because I'm not a parent, um, but we can be uh, teach kids apologetics, you know, and that's kind of what you're doing. Uh, you're, you're talking yeah. to them about the exclusivity of Christ, which is a very apologetic, you know, aspect. Uh, and I remember uh, talking with a friend of mine, uh, which she has a powerful story. She's now a believer of Christ from New York. Um, but talking with her, uh, she would tell me, because she grew up in the city, uh, that uh, she had friends who like kind of ventured off in different faith journeys. Uh, and the response was always like, man, that's so good. Like, like kind of go do what you want to do. Uh, so she had a friend who like, like you know, tried to or, or went to become a Muslim. And she was like, you know, mm-hmm. excited for her friend. Uh, but yet she knew in her heart that whenever someone would tell her about Jesus, she would be like, why are you doing that? Uh, and it's always funny how Jesus brings out this kind of response in people. Uh, yeah. that, that that exclusivity is such a, a major important aspect. Uh, and I think, you know, like you said, laying that out uh, at an early age. I love that question that you did with, with Zacchaeus' story. Um, were the crowds right? Man, it's such a, a unique aspect of looking at that story. And it, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, man, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and so what I want to do next is I want to break down the term discipleship uh, because you can't really uh, pursue family discipleship without personal discipleship. Uh, and so yeah. how would you kind of define that maybe just in your scripture study? Um, you know, what, what's an important aspect of discipleship, especially uh, thinking about roles of maybe non-parents listening to this podcast, whether they're a daughter or son, a brother or sister, uh, cousin, whatever aspect. Uh, how, how, do, how do you uh, define discipleship and, and even looking at the roles of different, uh, you know, roles within a family? Yeah, a disciple is a follower, right? So uh, for us, when we're talking about family discipleship, we're often talking about following Christ. So in order to be somebody who's leading people, first, we believe as Christians, you have to be following. Mm -hmm. So in order to lead your family, you've got to be following Jesus. And many of the aspects that I talk about in the book uh, and that we wrote about are aspects of discipleship that were true in my life before I was a parent, before I was married. You're talking about having time appointed to follow Christ, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to church at this time. I'm going to be in this Bible study. I'm going to have this time with my roommates, and we're going to have time of accountability. Mm. And it's about how do I see the gospel in everyday life, and how do I commemorate big things the Lord has done? Those are all aspects of the framework for discipleship that we use that we may get into more here in a minute. But for me, discipleship is, is some people, when they hear that term, they think of it more like, evangelism, like uh, ministering to somebody who doesn't know the Lord yet. And some Mm -hmm. people think of it more like education. How do we help people who do know Jesus learn more? And for me, it's both. Hmm. When you're talking about discipling your kids, I'm talking about starting before, during, and after they're a believer, if the Lord sees fit gracefully to save them. Absolutely. But discipleship is teaching people to follow Jesus. And sometimes our kids are not followers of Jesus. We're still discipling them. Hmm. But in order to do that well, first and foremost, I think any mom or any dad should be thinking about how are they following Jesus? How are they a child of God? And we spend a whole chapter on that idea in the book about what does it look like for you to have your own personal walk with Jesus and not be faking something for your kids Hmm rather doing it uh, yourself because you yourself have a relationship with God. Man, yeah, it's so good. Uh, that personal 
health and discipleship is so important, that spiritual health. Uh, and just practically speaking for you, uh, what are some things that you enjoy doing on a personal level with, with uh, engaging in that spiritual health? Are you a morning person, evening person, both? Uh, you wake up at 2 a.m. to pray, all that good stuff. Uh, I love to just kind of hear the spiritual practices that you enjoy going after. That's good. I, I start my week I'm with, let me say it like this, I have kind of an attention deficit. So in order for me to focus in on prayer, I get out a journal and I get out a pen and I am writing down what I'm praying to the yeah, Lord. That's good. I'm filling a page with my prayer. That's my Monday morning first thing routine. Typically when I'm reading the scripture for my own edification, that's the last thing I'm doing at night before I go to bed. Nice. My mornings, I want to sleep till the last possible minute before <laughs> I need to get up and, and get going. So at night, uh, I will I'll read a chapter of scripture. And for me, it's intertwined with what I'm doing for family discipleship. So at night, I'm reading a chapter in a journal Bible that I'm journaling through like little prayers, insights, any wisdom I might have in that journal Bible, knowing that one day I'm going to give that Bible to one of my sons. Yeah. And so yeah. my personal spiritual life is also part of what I'm doing for family discipleship. But I mean, because I'm a pastor, so much of my job during the week is leaning into the word of God, counseling from the word of God, teaching from the word of God. Mm -hmm. And then honestly, part of my routine too, Danny, and people sometimes discount this as like not reading the Bible, but every night with my son, I'm home, we're reading a story from the Bible together. And so my life is also saturated with my own personal spiritual life while I'm discipling my kids. Yeah. I'm thinking through what the Lord has to say in this narrative or in this story or in this Psalm. And so that's an opportunity every night again that I'm in the Word of God with my with my kids alongside. Man, that's such a, a good example of you know because I believe we're discipled by what we consume, and so if we're consuming Netflix or we're consuming media, like that stuff is teaching us, it's discipling us, and it's helping us grow in a certain way. Uh, and I love the fact that you're setting that good example um, because it, you know your kids are watching you, right? <laughs> and so they're seeing what you're doing. Uh, you said that you have a journaling Bible that you plan to give to your kids. So, yeah. so what does that look like? Are you reading the Bible, writing notes, and, and that's going to be, you know, one of your boys' Bible one day? Yeah, so I, it's part of my milestone plan for my sons. Mm -hmm. I have three sons. I have uh, one Bible done, another one that's almost done, and then I'll move into my third journal Bible for my third son. Wow. And so what I've done is I just read it like page by page, just like he would another book, kind of a chapter at a time. And uh, as a guy who studied the Bible a lot, sometimes it's going to be something I think about that chapter sometimes it's hey let's let's pray that the god that god makes us both men like this or mm -hmm. not men like that and mm -hmm. and so one day i want to be able to hand that to my sons maybe it's at a birthday when they're a teenager and just say hey man this is something uh the you know the lord cares so much about you and your dad loves you and so together i want to remind you uh both of those things are true that your heavenly father your earthly father love you and give that to him as a gift of uh, part of our milestone plan. So wow, that's that's super good, encouraging, uh, and I'm probably going to steal that idea one day. So come on, uh, thank you for that. Uh, well, that's another thing, Danny. I was doing that before I was married and before I had kids. Nice. I would read through a Bible and give that journal Bible to somebody. Oh, that's good. And so that's not something you got to wait to be a dad to start. Doing. That's that's so true. Uh, but you do have to read the Bible first. So if you started the Bible plan, you're watching right now, and you stop the Leviticus, go ahead and just keep going, push through <laughs> it. You're going to be okay. Don't give up. Uh, don't give up, right? That's the theme of 2021. Don't give up. Uh, Let's do it. So, yeah, man, kind of closing off, uh, I would love to just kind of hear, uh, and this is kind of more specific um, into maybe your role, but uh, just kind of thinking about uh, important aspects of family health is the spiritual leader of the house. Uh, 
uh, how do you see your role just as a husband? Um, is something I would love to just kind of engage into that, into that conversation. Uh, how do you view that call like on your life? Well, a lot of times when people talk about husbands leading the family, uh, there's a cultural kind of cringe from mm. that because we often think of authority given to somebody as adversarial or mm. as uh, authoritative would mean uh, lording it over someone. Uh, but I believe that when wow. Christ talks about leadership in the Bible and he says there's a version of that that the Gentiles use where when they're in charge, they lord it over you. Mm. But he says, I'm calling you to be servants, mm. to do what needs to be done to serve somebody else's need. That's what he says Christian leadership looks like. So for me to lead my family or for me to be a leader of my wife, what that means is I, knowing and loving my wife, think about what does my wife need mm. And I serve her by initiating meeting that need. Mm. And when I look at my kids, I think, what do my kids need? And again, I serve them by initiating, by taking the first step to say, let's, let's work towards that. That's what Christian leadership looks like. It doesn't look like always having the right answer. Uh, everybody's got to look to me to find out what they're supposed to do. Mm. But rather, it looks like, hey, if, if we're supposed to have a spiritual life together, then what does leading the family look like? Initiate getting that done. Wow. Then what is it going to take to do that? Understanding that I'm not doing that without my wife. I'm also not doing that without my kids. Man, this is a family. We are doing this together. And I have a church community that helps me think about these things and do these things together. But for me, to lead is to serve hmm. if you're a Christian man. And to serve your family is to lead them. So those are have to be balanced with your ideas about what you believe about work and how much you work and how much you mm. can justify that yeah. as I'm serving my family by making money for my family. And you go, yeah, but all those things have to be in some form of balance to go. If you're depriving your family of you in the name of serving your family, we may have to readjust your priorities. Wow. Uh, but at the same time, we can't all be stay at full time, stay at home parents and yeah. say, well, I'll just be with my kids 24 seven. Now there's an aspect of it serves my kids for me to go to work, mm. but it also serves my kids to understand that when I get home, that's when I'm punching in. I'm not coming home to relax. I'm coming home to be a dad, wow. which means that's my priority. That's my number one job. And so my home is not always a place where it's just like Adam is the center of the universe. Rather, <laughs> I come home to serve my kids because Christ is the center of my universe. Woo, that's good. Uh, man, if you are a, a single guy watching this, uh, and you're preparing to get married, uh, do everything that Adam just said. If you are a single girl watching this, uh, if the guy you're dating is not doing that, then uh, drop him right now uh, in the name of the Let's Lord. Go. Amen. Uh, <laughs> last thing, bro, before we, as we end our conversation, man, once again, appreciate the time that you have given us to share all your wisdom. Uh, once again, Family Discipleship, it's on Amazon. Go grab it. Amazing resource. Uh, last thing, uh, give me a prediction. What's the final score for Sunday, Packers, Bucks? Who's going Packers, to the Super Bowl? I mean, I know I know who you think is going to the Super Bowl, but what's what's the score? What, what do you think? I think 27-24 Packers. Oof, that is close. It's too close. I'm too nervous about it. I'm going to be at church while it's happening. I don't even know what to do with myself. Oh, uh, you can probably do like a pre-recorded service and just say, hey, you guys watch this video. Uh, you know, bless you guys so much. Uh, I'll probably just have the game up on my podium, you know, just in the corner. <laughs> all distracted. Uh, oh man it's like all you hear every other word um, oh lord <laughs> man i appreciate you bro so good catching up with you uh and thank you so much for taking your time uh for this conversation uh and man blessings to you and your ministry in dallas texas bro thanks danny love you man take care